Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I am joined as always by Dr. Hoji D. Dr. Kismaji. Namaste. And John, Johnny Mitchell, Shirin. Don't know what you got till it's gone. And of course, we have HR present in the room as always. Always present. Per corporate, yes. Which is Making more than we can say for you. Yeah, where are you, Daddy? You look very frozen. He's, th- well, he's there. He's just not moving. Well, the thing is, you know, I believe in basic human rights, and the internet is one of those rights. I refuse to pay my internet service, and uh, we are seeing where it goes. I'm trying to get the Supreme Court. Supreme Court has been on a roll. I think they are going to continue to rule in my favor, so we will see. Hmm. Look. Oh, and also, HR, I'm sorry. We always forget HR is a superstar, and, you know, I don't. you don't even need to say her her name, I'm assuming her, the pronoun. I would like for you to spot. say it because I would like to see if now, after what, like four months on our show, you know. That is ridiculous. Of course, I know what uh, Bristol Jankarski's name is. Bridget and Jankarski. Close to the last name, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It was better. Bristol is, there is no woman on earth named Bristol. Well, that is insulting to women and to Bristol, right? It, Tell there them. is, though, Hoji. Yeah. Sarah Palin's daughter. Was wow. Of Do you the see 2008 that? election fame, Bristol Palin. See and how now, he just, and, he man explained to me, and not now to me. You. You're not a man, but yeah. Yeah. Look, we have a very association. Russia from where I'm sitting. Yeah. Yeah. But look, we have a lot to get to. Okay. Uh, a lot to talk about, but before we do, Courtney is back, and she wants us to talk about her newest show last week, of course. I mean, she has been lining up the podcast, let's be honest. We talked last week about President Joe Biden and before Alex Jones, and now she has, let me just hit the copy here, Elon Musk has a new podcast, Wow. Elon Musk, and it is called They Hate Me Because They Ain't Me. And it is, he reads a list of all the things that he can do that other people can't, or he can afford that other people can't. And he is intending on buying podcasts, the whole podcasts, everyone, uh, including ours, but he wants to start with his own first. And uh, and and some of the things he talks about, it's fascinating, the things that he can buy that other people can't. Like, did you know that Elon Musk has a nose hair a stylist. Wow. I didn't know this existed. No. And yeah. And what else? Let me I see. could use an ear hair stylist. That's great. Yeah. He has a royal sniffer. 
So he has someone who sniffs things in his house to tell him like if his shirt needs to be washed or not. He never has to sniff anything again. Yeah. And his Another. teeth are actually made not of they're, they're made of cloudy diamonds. His his teeth. So that wow. that is you know, yeah, anymore. And, I mean, there's this whole podcast, John. Just go check mm. out the podcast on Brinks.tv. Courtney is very excited about it. And uh, yeah, so let us get right to the news. Okay. Oh, by, by the way, you can go to patreon.com slash the age of sports to support the show. So let us get to the news, John. Everybody. Yeah. So the Jesse Bates, who we love very much on the show. Uh, John has a very, uh, you know, very interesting uh, ideas about this. But essentially, he saw that in John's estimation, to a man explained for John, he saw that the contract negotiations were going nowhere. And so he took it upon himself to say, look, I'm sitting at camp. And the thing is, if he gets injured in camp, I mean, come on, this man is losing tens of millions of dollars, right? So he's not going to play in camp. He's not going to play on a deal he doesn't like. And uh, he's, what, 24 years old, John? I mean, he sits out the year. That doesn't really hurt his value that much in terms of age. And uh, everybody knows his ability. And, uh, but, you know, they know what he can do physically. And so, you know, he didn't have a great year last year before the playoffs. But in essence, people who want that kind of safety are going to pay for it, even not having played for a year. So, John, I, w- I know you have a lot to say. Yeah, I, I think we don't know for a fact if Jesse Bates is actually going to hold out for the entirety of the 2022 season, even though, like, even if he doesn't get a new deal from the Bengals, I think the situation is actually very comparable to what Le'Veon Bell went through with the Steelers. Because initially the Steelers tagged him in 2017. Uh, he did not, Bell did not sign the franchise tender that offseason up until, like, right before the 2017 season began, but he actually ended up playing and then he got tagged again and the whole thing ended up. And I don't think the Bengals are going to go down entirely that road that lasted like two years. But I think when it comes to Bates, he's not going to pass up playing for $13 million, but this right now is just him unloading the last iota of leverage that he has because unfortunately he doesn't have a ton remaining. The Bengals drafted his replacement in Dax Hill. They might have drafted two potential replacements in Dax Hill and Tyson Anderson just three weeks ago. The Bengals have an offer for Bates. They probably aren't going to budge. You don't do this if you are close to reaching the deal that you want. You do this because you're trying, if anything if possible, to get the other side to budge. And it doesn't seem like the Bengals are budging or they will budge at all. So again, there's the July 15th deadline, but if this is happening, if he's going to hold out and not participate in camp, which I would think is entirely likely at this point, then I don't think that the deal is going to come. And unfortunately, he's not going to pass. Even though he doesn't want to play on the tag and doesn't want to get hurt before that long-term extension, I don't really see him sitting out the entire season. But I do see him actually going through with this with these threats of not participating in off-season workouts and therefore training camp. Well, okay, John, Johnny Mitchell is here. Listen, I need you to explain this to me like I am just a little two-month-old baby. Okay? Just put it simple. This is a man who stopped a potential touchdown in the Super Bowl. This is a man who had the best, the highest graded Bengal in the playoffs. This is a man who basically, basically was 
the 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 powerhouse behind our you know our, our secondary right i mean this is an amazing well yeah i mean the other defensive players are saying it basically okay They're like okay, this okay, is okay, a, yeah, okay. Yeah. so not that that that's setting up the question now is a wide receiver that much more valuable a and why isn't it possible to pay both of them b so it's a two part question is T Higgins and I, I love T Higgins, but is T Higgins really that much more valuable than a Jesse Bates who has made such a tremendous difference, considering that the defense was really the start of the show in the playoffs? That's A. B. Why not pay both? I feel okay. like John. Before you answer, Hoji, you gave Bates. Bates is phenomenal, and. Did Bates really play that way a full season? No. I mean, he, he showed up that way in the playoffs. Yeah. We got where, okay, John, go. I just. But, like but, but, but that's when it matters. Right, well, right, and not right, only Bridget, that, but hold matters, on. Bridget. The Bengals Bridget. didn't play like that the whole season. The Bengals defense balled out in the playoffs. That's how we got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So really that success that we saw, that potential, the team coming together in the playoffs was largely driven by Jesse Bates. If this team is going to be a contender, and have that playmaking defense, it's going to be with Jesse Bates as the centerpiece. Good job. If we had, if we had won the Super Bowl, Jesse, Jesse Bates, Bates would have been the most valuable player. If we I had mean, won. Maybe, maybe him, maybe Logan Wilson, maybe T. Higgins. I don't know. But if it was the playoffs, he was the most valuable player of the playoffs without a doubt. The Bengals paying or not paying Jesse Bates, I don't think has anything to do with T. Higgins. I think people have brought up T. Higgins because A, he's due for an extension next year, and B, he shares the same agent, David Mulligetta, who just got Deshaun Watson, that monstrosity of a deal two months ago. I think the Bengals have a price for Bates. They have a certain quantitative value for him and does not match what Bates values himself at, and Bates is 100% free to believe that and to do everything in his power to eventually get that. Because I think we all can all agree that despite the fact that he wasn't as consistent in 2021 as he was in 2020, he would have gotten the deal that he wanted in free agency had he been allowed to enter free agency. And I just think in general, people don't realize how volatile and how high variance the safety position is, even for the elite players. For example, Justin Simmons got a four-year, $60 million deal with the Denver Broncos last year. And he had like his worst season leading up to the year that he got the extension. But everyone knows that he's Justin Simmons is a bona fide top 10 player that his position, arguably top five player at his position, the safety position. It's very common for players to go through these these highs and lows at that position because it's just it's like quarterback. It's like just defense in general. Consistency specifically at the high level is not always sustainable. That's just the nature of the position in general. But what's undeniable is that when Jesse Bates is on He's unlike most players in the league, and that's where his value derives from. John, absolutely, I agree. Well, it's a two-part question. That was part one. Well, let me answer. Let me let me say something about. Already, that. already answered that. I already answered about Higgins, though. Like it doesn't matter yeah. what the. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I just, just wanted to, to get more to say because I have more to say. Just just to feed off of of what John's saying, you know, Jesse Bates. Okay, he 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 said how the contract was distracting him. And it was not like he was a bad player. He didn't make as many big plays as before. And, you know, and, and really, uh, go ahead. Hoji. Okay, yeah. time out. Now, I want to go way back to about three years ago or two years ago. And it was me and, and John Joni Mitchell Siren, and we were on the show. And I said something dumb because I speak through inspiration. It comes to me from above. I don't know where it comes to me from. I said that this defense will work so beautifully together that there won't be any stars. And John corrected me and said, you know what? That's a bad way to think about defense. 
these guys are individuals and they each bring their own talent. Now, I'm imagining myself as a Logan Wilson. I'm imagining myself as a DJ reader. Doesn't not paying Jesse Bates send them a message that you don't matter, that you are part of a unit, you are expendable, you are not the stars of this show, it's all about offense, go get lost, and that this star-studded defense, which is probably the best in the NFL, could come crumbling down next year when everybody sees this as a gig that could, you know, no one cares about you, John. It, it is funny how those narratives kind of die when you get to certain players who are asking for certain deals because the Bengals had no issue paying Sam Hubbard, what, four years, 40 million, because like 10 million of that was guaranteed. It wasn't very high compared to other defensive ends. Like they're not going to have any, they didn't have any issue paying Joe Mixon, who meant about the same as Jesse Bates does on offense when you talk about their leadership abilities. It's it's all dependent upon how much the player is actually making. It's why the Bengals have never really gone out and signed the very top of the free agent market because those guys demand deals that the Bengals aren't comfortable giving. And maybe the Bengals change their ways for a very specific few. I'm talking about Joe Burrow and, Jam and Jamar Chase. I don't think they're going to do that with, with Jesse Bates. And now that's why we're at an impasse here. So the Bengals recognize the value that Jesse Bates has. That's why they're trying to get an extension done with him. The Bengals players realize, you know, what the Bengals are as a business, as a, as a franchise, and they recognize what Jesse Bates is doing. I just think all these things can coexist as one, and no one here is really the bad guy, and, and there's not going to be anything necessarily negative that comes out of this. It's just a partnership that might just come to an end. Yeah, I mean, but it's just, I don't know, John. I mean, we could see with Jesse Bates, if they do get the deal done, that's one thing. If they don't, you know, I think we could have a very bad future with David uh, Mulagatam. He had like half of our roster, you know, is, is he's the agent. Yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, what I mean, the thing is, he, he's, he is, you know, at the forefront of this kind of pushing for the NBA type of deals, getting the most guaranteed money. And the Bengals are the exact opposite of the spectrum. So something has to give, you know, I mean, maybe maybe it's Joe Burrow. You know, maybe it's the way that Tom Brady could get people to, you know, stay, stay on the Patriots. Maybe it's like, the, we maybe go back to the Super Bowl and these guys are like, you know what? I buy into that. I'm going to do it the Bengals' way. And maybe that forces... I, I really know, want to yeah. know what they give Joe Burrow. Like, I they're going to pay him market value. It's going to be, look, they're not going to... Yeah, we talked about What is market value yeah. for Joe Burrow? I mean, right now, it's 50... Billion, but, I would say. What, billion. The, yeah, we, a yeah. billion a year. I'm, I'm fine with that. But... John, well, speaking of Joe Burrow, very interesting. We're talking about breaking news, John. Uh, he, he said he said in the interview that he was trying to go to Chase on that go route, the last play of the Super Bowl. He knew that uh, Chase had beaten him, and he said, I just didn't have enough time. So that's putting some salt on that wound. But, yeah, uh, yeah we would have had a walk-off, uh, you know, 70-yard touchdown in the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. Oh, no, but remembering that play. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up, which brings us to the next topic. A lot of people are saying the Bengals this, the Bengals that. They are the fourth best in the AFC North. They are like the 20th best team. I don't know what, what they're basic. This is what we call passive regression. They didn't do anything to regress. They didn't, right? I mean, they didn't, there's no signs that they're going to regress. They're not old. No, they didn't lose people in free agency. No, people are saying they got lucky and are overrated. Right. They're saying they got lucky and overrated because... It's the Bengals, and, and they, they had the Cinderella kind of a story where they took people by surprise, and, and, and it wasn't like one of those teams where it's like, 
you know, th this team is going to be a scary, and then all of a sudden they put it all together. It was a team like, this team is a mess. This roster needs to be completely overhauled, yeah. and they did it in two years. And but, everybody but is like... Devil's advocate, yeah. Daddy. Devil's yeah. advocate. I mean, you watch the playoffs. There yeah. was no... There were no... No luck. There yeah. was no stunning victories. No, there I mean, was they not. Barely, they played, you know, the, the, Bill Burrow was getting tackled every two seconds. Yeah. You know, we barely won every no. game. Well, but that, okay, but that's the playoffs. That actually, that makes that, it. Have you seen Cinderella? That that's makes exactly it, what it's about. It's the clock that, is striking 12. Yeah. And you got to go get your glass slippers. Right. That is the Cinderella story. Yeah. Well, but the thing is this. That is, that is exactly why I don't think that they are frauds. Because... Here's the thing. When I think of frauds, okay, I think of the 1998 Atlanta Falcons, right? Uh, not that they're fraud, but I mean, I think of these teams that that just kind of everything was going right for them, and then they get to the Super Bowl. The 2015, you know, Carolina Panthers, or teams like where it's like they just go from being average to like 15 and one, 14 and two, and everything's just going right. It's their year, the whole year. And then they get to the championship and they don't quite have the physicality. The Bengals were the opposite. Yeah. They were gritty, fighting the whole year, the playoffs, every you know game. They didn't have that explosive offense. They didn't have these blowout victories. They didn't. Have, they were just. They were just like you know. They fall behind. They come back. They 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 were playing very physical teams. You know, and the Titans and and the you know, uh, or they were you know playing the most explosive off. It doesn't matter. They were going to fight and find a way. So yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. and they remind me, just one last thing, John, they remind me about, they remind me of those wild card teams that won the championship, like those Ravens, was 2012, I think, uh, the Packers that one year, the Steelers that one year, these teams that were wild card teams, and then they caught fire because they right. fought so hard. That is what the Bengals represented yeah, more than those fraudy 14 and 2 teams. Go ahead, John. Well, yeah. you got no, your... Go ahead, yeah, I mean, you got your, I mean, no, I just, I want to support and agree with what you're saying. You know, you got, if you look, they have a Rocky Balboa type character and Rocky 1 leads to Rocky 2 leads to Rocky 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and now 8. So I think that this is, this is a dynasty and it's Zach Taylor's dynasty. It's something we don't talk about enough. It is Zach Taylor's dynasty. He is technically the coach, yes. He is technically the coach. Bill Burr is the quarterback, though. That's true. When I look at the Bengals last year, I think there's some things that are counter counteracting each other. I think when you look at how healthy they were, yeah, that might not be sustainable. I think when you talk about some of the times where Evan Pearson kind of bailed them out, yeah, that might not be sustainable either. Just in general defense, they were really good last year at times. That's not always sustainable. Defense is very volatile, even though they have a very solid unit. There are some things that could regress back to the mean with the Bengals, but then logistically, you look at a team that didn't have a very good offensive line. In fact, porous might be like kind of sugarcoating it. And you still had a passing offense that developed and matured into one of the very best in the league passing offense. That that is what is sustainable for a lifetime in the NFL. And you're talking five, 10 years. That is how you consistently maintain yourself at the top of the AFC or whatever conference or division you want to talk about. Then you just look at the number of games that they won and how many they were expected to win. So Pete, Pro Football Reference has this expected wins and loss formula that they go for various factors that are very sustainable and really indicative of actual team success. The Bengals were expected to win, according to this formula, 10 and a half games last year. I don't know how that's possible. Maybe a tie is involved there, but they won 10. So they were technically under their expected win total. Most of the teams in the AFC playoffs, you're talking about the Titans, the Steelers, the Raiders, the Chiefs, 
most of them exceeded their expected win total. So you're looking at teams, other teams that are good in the AFC, other teams that are expected to compete, that kind of overachieved last year based off certain things. Those are the teams I think that are more likely to regress because they got they actually got lucky at times and they, they did things that weren't necessarily sustainable, but they just found ways to win. Just because you find ways to win in one year doesn't mean you will be able to keep up that level of success if you don't do these sustainable things at a high level consistently. The Bengals have shown that they can do that when the pieces are rolling. They have the pieces now to continue that on offense because of their offensive line. So I just think in general, compared to at least other teams that were successful last year, at least in the AFC, the Bengals are set up for more sustainability than some of the other powerhouses. That's a, that was a beautiful That analysis. was good, John. I love yeah. it. Are you you got to yeah. call him John Julia Childs, Sheeran, because he put together like a little recipe. He put That's it in true. the oven, and wow. he beautifully using numbers explained to us that the Bengals are under were underachieving. Wow. Yeah. I mean, no, just, logistically though, like you have no, a right. top, you have a top quarterback, right? And you yeah. have this amazing set of receivers and a defense right. and this terrible offensive line. And like, right. it doesn't, John, it, 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 it was possible. It was possible that they didn't even make the playoffs last year. Like right. they had to get kind of lucky down the stretch. Yeah, and exactly. What we do, we went 10 and seven and I jotted this down. There were five games too, that at least five games that I could think of San Francisco, green Bay, chargers, Chicago jets. We didn't play great in all of those games, but we could have won all of those games, right? Chargers, we were down 0-24 in the first quarter and we came back, Mixon doesn't fumble. And I think we're gonna win that game. And I think what we're gonna see this, this season, and John, maybe this is what you were saying, or maybe this is just what I wanted you to be saying. I think there's less volatility in some of these games. And instead of sort of the, the coin flip, on whether or not we win or, you know, there's some of these close games. I think we're locking some of these up uh, quicker and more handily this year. So my prediction, I can't remember if I said this on the show last week. I said it on Twitter. My prediction for the season is 12 and 5, and I feel really confident in that. I don't think we regress this season. I think we... I think we're sustainable this season. Absolutely. Well, the, the, yeah. the, the interesting thing about that, Bridget, and I'm glad you brought that up because close game regression is very real. Teams who do really well in one score games in one year, they typically don't sustain that success the next and their total win uh, value actually decreases. For every time the Bengals won at the gun against the Vikings and the Jaguars and, and against against the Broncos, if you will, they had those moments against the Bears and the Jets and, and the Packers specifically. I think they were under 500 in games that ended with a score differential of less than eight. So that is a sign that, A, when they were winning, they were winning by typically a lot. And B, there's not a lot from last year that says, yeah, that's not going to happen this year. You know what I mean? It's it's not like they got completely lucky in a lot of these wins. I mean, these are really, really great points. Yeah. But but I, I want to, for me, the, the real fabric of a team doesn't show itself until the postseason. Right. I've seen it way too many times in the NFL and the NBA. Being a great regular season team is a completely different thing from a great postseason team. Right. And the only time a great postseason team goes to being a bad team is injuries or age or things like that. You don't have a young, talented, good postseason team that can play, that can bounce back from a deficit and just keep fighting. You don't, you don't see a team like that regress. That's one thing. The second thing is this. We have never seen Joe Burrow be Joe, LSU Joe Burrow. In that, we saw it against a few times. We saw it against the Chiefs, where he, you know, threw 500. I mean, this guy 
if if his game from college when it translates to the NFL, he's going to be you know setting records. He's going to be throwing forty five touchdowns, fifty touchdowns a year. That is who Joe Burrow is, and he has the weapons to do it. The reason he wasn't is because we had to change. We had to have a game plan that didn't allow him. You know, we talk about his sacks and this and that. And who is it? That was uh, John on Twitter. Who's recently talking about? Was it Sands and somebody else? I think they're talking about that. Yeah, Joe Burrow took sacks, but I mean, it's because he's trying. You know, he's trying to make his stuff happen. It's not like he doesn't know how to move. And I think Sands had like a two minute, two and a half minute thing. Yeah, he, he, the, he, yeah. he wasn't running into sacks. It was no, sacks no. being happened to him. Sacks happened because this man plays for the. You know, he plays for the big time. He's not going to. He's not going to be on a team that scores seventeen points a game. He's going. He's trying to get 35 points a game, and he hasn't been able to do that with that offensive line. We talked a lot. The offensive line just absolutely couldn't give him that opportunity, you know? And so I think the Bengals offensively are going to be significantly better. In the playoffs, John, we talked about they never, you know, what was their high? Was it 27 points, right, I think, in the playoffs? Yeah. And, yeah, in the regular season, they averaged like 27 and a half points. They never even technically hit the regular season average. Right, uh, and so I think they're they're going to be plus thirty points a game, you know this this season. Let's yeah. not forget that one of the reasons that that people are saying this year is going to be different is because the AFC now has Deshaun Watson and the Browns. But the most recent news that I saw, it's not looking good for Deshaun. So I, I saw that uh, it's basically saying that there was a, he admitted that he made the masseuse cry. Now. I, full disclosure, I have made a masseuse cry, but it was a body odor issue. But I think in his case, it was not, and it was a, you know, it was something much more nefarious. Yeah. So I, I think that I, I'm going to go back on what I said in the previous shows. I don't think Deshaun Watson plays most of this season. So what else you got in the AFC? Well, I mean, we're, the thing, the Bengals have to, we're, we can, we, we, we're going to have a whole discussion about how the AFC is going to play out. But let's just talk about the AFC North. Yeah, no. You know, John is right. The Steelers are zombies. I mean, they just zombies. don't die. Da- but yeah. uh, but I'm not really worried about them being at the top of the AFC North. They could be in the wild card hunt and all that. You know, the Ravens are the other talented team. You know, they are the, the other really well, stacked they're, they're team. They're afraid of us, but, though. The Ravens well, yeah, but I mean, I, I'm sorry. But if we're going to have a, a game where it's like, you're the, the, the you know, you're going to have to win with your arm and you're going to have to make the clutch plays, I'm taking Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson every time. So that's the Everybody way I is. look at it. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's going to be... Yeah. What team, so, what sensible team in the NFL would take would take anyone over Joe Burrow? Unless yeah. they're lying. But let us move on because uh, we have another other topics to, to get to. And this is our new segment. We're going to talk about training camp. It's called Camp in Your Mood. And um, Tarikius uh, Maximus Tisdale, John. Mm-hmm. This man, very, uh, very athletic. I have uh, the stats here, and it says, John, he ran, let me just see if I understand this right, 4.6 miles in 40 seconds, okay? And he's... Oh, that's got to be... Say that hard. again. Say that again and imagine if it makes sense to you. Okay. I don't think my Tesla could do that. Oh, sorry. 4.6 miles meters. in... Four, four, oh, meters. Meters, meters, meters in 40 seconds. And <laughs> defensive assistant Mark Duffner is saying he's intriguing. He's relentless. This man is, is long. He's tall. He's big. He is hard. I don't know. He's all the, the great physical elements. Give us Tarikius Maximus. John. At the door. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, he, he might actually be Greek with those dimensions and that size. I think it's because of like the physical dimensions and the athleticism. I think that's why 
he's making an impression in camp right now. It's just a lot of drills. Um, it's just a lot of just moving around in shorts and shirts. And we'll, we'll see what he, what he is when the pats come on. But at Ole Miss, like, I mean, he played at a good program. He's got the athleticism. He's got the size to make, to make, to make noise, but he never really established himself as a starter. I think he only had 800 career snaps. And part of that was because, um, he was injured, I believe, in 2021 for most of the season. So, unfortunately for him, that's one of the reasons why he went undrafted. He was a community college transfer from, like, northwest Mississippi. Ended up at Ole Miss and, again, never really did much there. But I, I think there's a chance that he's he's just one of those guys that just does more in the NFL with an increased opportunity. And the increased opportunity here is important because – the Bengals don't really have a ton of defensive tackles right now. I think they only have six on the roster, and he's one of them, and they might keep five. So if, out of all of the college free agents that they brought in, he might have the least resistance or competition to actually make the 53-man roster, and that includes injuries that are inevitably going to happen. He's going to get opportunities in the preseason, but really fast, really explosive, really long. They have a knee of that position. It's possible they make some noise. That'd be great. Yeah. Now, what was all this that I've been reading about uh, Zach Taylor shortening the um, number of, of days of practice from, what was it, three to one? Well, it's the opposite of daddy You know, he believes that, you know, certain breaks at a certain point after exerting yourself hard to work, you know, it could be beneficial in the long run. Instead of just continuing well, the grind here. Well, then I, I might have to change my opinion on regression because that doesn't sound like a, like a great plan. That's exactly how you get complacent. Um, but look, John, we, you know, the defensive line, really, we need it to be beefier. We need it to be bigger, right? Um, but in reality, John, you know, we, one of the, the areas that, that we could see regression is because, like you said, we had a great conversion rate of pressure to sack, right? And we can't count on that. Trey Hendrickson, if he's healthy, we expect him to be an elite pass rusher once again but that is it that is our only established elite passer sam hubbard by the way i mean you you can talk to sam hubbard uh, but what i saw from him in the playoffs was impressive he had you know he had two back-to-back sacks in the end of the fourth quarter against kansas city City chiefs which uh, you know he may be emerging but um what do you think about that let's get to that real quick both sacks, I think, came from when he was originally a linebacker at the beginning of the play, and oh, wow. the play just was elongated because yeah, he held on to the, the ball a long time. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's why you know some sacks are on the quarterback, right? You can't hold the ball for ten seconds in the pocket, or else the linebacker is going to blitz up the middle and take you down. And that's what yeah. Sam Hubbard did, and that's the beauty of Sam Hubbard because he's versatile. He's athletic yeah. enough to be just put in space and read the yeah. quarterback's eyes and make decisions from there. But as a true pass rusher, you know, and the ways that Trey Hendrickson wins as a pass rusher, he's never quite going to be at that level, which is why they're so dependent this year on Joseph Asai. They Joseph Asai, basically... that's what I want. That's what I get to. Yeah. So along the lines, that's the topic is Joseph Asai. Um, go ahead, please. Of relief. Yeah. So, so you couldn't just let that subheading change and let me continue talking. You had to interject there. I had to. Yeah, I had to. Yes. Yeah. Okay. John, Joseph Asai is basically their addition this year because they didn't add an edge rusher through the draft or free agency. They're counting on him to be healthy for for starters. He still needs to get back to 100 percent and to be that burst of speed and explosion off the edge that neither Hendrickson or Hubbard can really be at this point in their careers. He's 22 years old. He was insanely productive and athletic at Texas coming out of college. That is what they need. Like they need that third pass rusher to take some pressure off of Sam Hubbard because Sam Hubbard played like a thousand snaps at defensive end and defensive tackle. He was overexerted because of the, of the lack of depth 
at defensive line and specifically edge rushers. So I think Osai's main responsibility is to take some of those third down snaps from Hubbard, or they can use Hubbard in different areas on third down where they don't have to put him at the edge. But that's where Osai should do most of his damage. And if he's as good as we think he is, I think I think he will probably be second in this team in sacks. Well, that's interesting. You you're talking actually about Osai as relieving them of some snaps and, and of, of some of that that exhaustion. But I think this topic, John, is 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 about him Osai of relief because it came out that he it had another surgical procedure, which had us very worried. But it turns out that it'll only be for a couple of weeks that to be out, and he should be back by July. He's already sprinting. So that's what I wanted to talk about is that it seems like it's a kind of, what was it? Is it cleaning out the knee? I think like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I do this all the time with my ears. Big deal. I don't know why they call it the surgery, but um, you're just, you know, cleaning out the the junk, right? I mean, I don't have a hole in them. Yeah. But well, when you, but that's the thing, when you tear your meniscus, like we talked about, which I do all the time. You think the holes are still there? Oh, they, they, they filled, oh, well, he went to a, he went to a nice place. See, that's the difference. He went to a we'll fancy. We'll talk about yeah. that in Global Employee Health and Fitness Month. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I, I am, you know, I, I think that uh, really Osai is the, is the kind of, we're banking on him. And if, if, if it doesn't work out, then yeah, the, if the pass rush is average, then we're going to need that backfield, that ball hawking backfield to, uh, Expect Osai to overperform, and here's why. He's an Aries, and Aries are humble people. They don't show off. And so he hasn't shown us. We haven't seen yet, really, how much he can do. You expect great things from Osai, really. I do. I think he's going to be great. Babyface or no? I think he's kind of a babyface, too. Kind of. He's got a sort of a middle school face. Yeah. 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 Well... So let us, uh, yeah, we Six were saying, four. yeah. So look, the Bengals are exercising. They are uh, taking care of their employees. And I know that yeah. Bridget is is very passionate about that. So please. Well, it is global. This isn't just national. It is Global Health and Fitness Month. And that we've been talking a lot about all the ways to take care of ourselves. And this is really about making sure employees are healthy, are fit. We know that when people are less stressed, they feel better at work. Daddy, I know you care. People perform better at work. Human beings are more than just production, but We all know you don't care about us any more than what we produce. Um, But healthy employees are less stressed because uh, they have uh, increased blood flow. So even doing things like having uh, activity or stretch breaks, getting up during the day and having movement incorporated helps. Um, You see energy and motivation uh, lead to heightened mental activity. So I thought we could all talk about how Daddio helps us like, celebrate or encourage our health. I'm sorry, Bridget, I, really quick, I have a question. So you're mm-hmm. saying a stress is bad, is what you're saying? Yes, that's your it's, premise it's here. horrible. Okay. It's horrible. Well, because, no, I'm just saying, well, but no, but it also makes you more productive and on your toes, like a little mouse that's running, it, like, it right? It I mean, stress... Durable on a wheel. Stress Did you no, just compare us to rodents? No, running from a predator, if you don't have a stress... You're going to give in. You go, you're going to lose the game. 
and and we are at this company at DNH Sports. We we are not settling for just you know the loosey goosey kind of ratings. Too much. I, 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 I'm sorry, team. Bridget. I'm not I, I'm not understanding. If you guys are not feeling stressed, what am I doing wrong? Well, you could trim your mustache. I never realized how hairy that mustache is until you, it was frozen in the show and you gave it a zoom up of your mustache. You got to trim that baby. That, I'm yes, not that, Elon Musk. Okay, I don't have a mustache hair stylist. Okay. No, so we we do need to be less stressed. And so one of the things um, that Daddy-O tries to make me do uh, to get steps in, the like office building across the street has free coffee in their lobby. And he'll be like, oh, go get your steps in like yeah. by getting me a coffee yeah. across. And I'm, I mean, that's just, that's nonsense. And that What am I supposed to do? Ask John? He is a senior intern now. He doesn't do those things for me. Yeah. That is all new now, Bridget. But we could have beverages in the, regardless, regardless. Hoji John, how are you embracing Employee Health and Fitness Month? I, you know, I'm, I've always been a health nut, uh, Bridget, as you know, I'm vegan. So my doctors have told me I don't need to exercise because I eat so well. So basically, I, my exercise is my vegan diet, which I have maintained for the past 10 years. And I mean, I, his intestines I, are always moving. Always. Is what he means. They're always active. Yeah. 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 That is gross. Yeah. And you, you may need to seek other medical attention, but or other medical. Advice. Well, I meditate. I do yoga, but not the stretchy part, the meditation part. And I, uh, I do a lot of mental exercise. John, before you go, I just feel like we have to call out the comment about the man or the person who's been watching since you guys were two-dimensional. Daddy-O yeah. still is, so... That's true. Daddy-O's two-dimensional today. Well, just figuratively, literally, all of the things. I needed to get a burn in for you, Hoj. No, it was John, a good one. It's not. If you have to name your own burn, it's not a good No, no, no. It's okay. I just was late on the, I was late on the support. I missed the days when daddy was two-dimensional. He wasn't as mean, but now, now I'm starting to kind of well, there wasn't feel like that wasn't time. accurate. Yeah, the shows yeah. were like 10, 15 minutes long. So his true, his true colors weren't showing. But you know what? Uh, to dad, to daddy's point, like his incompetence as a leader, it frustrates me at times. That is where I get the, my primary like motivation to actually work out. And I feel like I've hit a lot of personal highs in the last nine months that I've been going to the gym pretty consistently. Um, I keep I keep actually one of the original drawings of Daddy-O kind of um, next to me when I'm on the bench. And it kind of gives me that little, little extra burst of strength to really get my max up. And I've made in pretty incredible strides. I could have been doing this for the past six years. And I just actually started a couple months ago. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you, Bridget. I feel like the stress that daddy kind of puts on me, it's actually improved my overall physical health. And it's He's a warrior. He's a warrior, Bridget. He's I like a warrior. It. It's your own yeah. workout bonus. Yeah. All right, daddy. He is no snow flake. Yes. I am not an employee. I'm an employer. Therefore I do not have to exercise. I, I actually have insurance and doctors or you know, of the rich variety. But yeah, that is uh, that is all we got for that. 
But thank you, uh, Bridget. And uh, look, if you want more stress in your life, right? We know that money brings a lot of relief and relaxation. So if you get rid of your money, you're going to have more stress. You're going to have more drive and more motivation to work harder. So you, why not give your money to us by going to patreon.com slash the age of sports. Yes. We have six or seven patrons, if you will, right now. You can also go to winnow.app slash the age of sports where we will give you insights and text. You can text back to us. We have two people. They've never texted back to us. But that you, you know, yeah. you have never told them what we're raising money for. I mean, like one of the things for Sirius that we're trying to get, and this is not a joke, is we want to get a full-time intern who right. will fact check. Right, the, the fact checker, yeah. Quality. Very expensive. Actually, Interns are very expensive now. They are no longer free. But yeah, we need to pay the intern. Go out and, yeah. and even interview <laughs> people for us. So we, if, and, yeah, if we can get that, to... We yeah. have someone in mind, but... Uh, they want well, we have some of it, yeah, yeah. Excuse we me. just, we just, yeah, we didn't win about about ten or twenty more patrons, and we can afford the intern, and you will be amazed at what you'll see from the show. All right, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, comment. turn on notifications, yeah. go to all the podcast platforms, and find the number one Bengalis podcast for Doctor Director Gismoji and yeah. Bridget and. John, Johnny, Mr. Sheeran. I'm Daddy McDook. So long, sweetie. Pies. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.